Hey guys, Abby Chatfield here with It's Lo- and on today's show. So I've spent all of last week trying to get AstraZeneca. If you don't want the vaccine, shut the fuck up. It isn't actually about the pie, it's about him being like, well, I can't afford that pie and I'm mad at you because now you've bought me this record player and I feel emasculated because you spent all this money on me and you can afford that, but I can't afford the pie. Don't you think? It's a lot, isn't it? All right. What's been happening, guys? Week three, four of lockdown. Who the fuck knows what's going on? I certainly do not. I'm starting to wonder if we're ever going to get out of this. Someone called me from Queensland the day, one of my friends, and she was like, how are you guys going down there? Like, how long do you think it'll be? And I was like, oh, babe, I think we've all just accepted that we're not getting out. Like, now that it's week three... I'm feeling the vibes from Melbourne. I'm feeling the vibes from everyone around me and we all know we aren't getting out. So that's fun. So I would say everyone give up hope now. Like this isn't going to be a positive. (laughs) I'm going to be like, guys, hold in there. Like I have nothing left. I live fucking alone. Like, Like I live alone. I get no reprieve from this bullshit except for my silly little walks. And I get to, I get to go and see the man that gets my coffee. I go, morning. If you come to Abby Chatfield's podcast for hope, who boy, you oh. are in the wrong place. Fuck no, particularly because of what I want to talk about, the vaccine rollout. As we all know, because you all tuned in, I went out on the drum a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago actually, and spoke about the shitty vaccine rollout. Now, that would have been in, I reckon, March or something. And I didn't realise at the time, like I knew how bad the vaccine rollout was, but it was only March. It was only March. Like the vaccine had just kind of become a thing that we knew we had a vaccine that worked and America was starting to get it and they were starting to have chat about how to get the vaccine. It's now July, like the end of July, and there's no hope to get a vaccine. Now, Elise has had a, a shot. I have had a shot. I qualify under the extenuating circumstances because I have bipolar, which counts as a mental health issue. So if you have an extenuating circumstance, then maybe you can try to get the vax. That's also another fun fact. So I'm glad that Lisa's got her vaccine. If you haven't gotten your vaccine or you're unsure, just go and do the little form. I did a little form. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but I thought maybe there could be something. I don't know. Like, do you live alone? <laughs> I know they have some weird fucking there's some weird shit and a few of my friends do have like autoimmune diseases that they haven't even thought because they live with them they're they're on medication and their actual immune systems are okay right now they haven't even thought about it and I'm like go and get it so just a reminder give it a crack if you have bipolar give it a crack I texted like three of my friends are bipolar if I saw you and I was like you can get the vaccine that's the thing that's how I found out I didn't find out from the eligibility criteria I have another friend who has bipolar too and I was complaining about the vax rollout on my Instagram stories and she's like babe we can get it I was like what see that's actually fucked this is the whole issue is the is the lack of information around how to get the vaccine and who's able to get the vaccine so I've spent all of last week trying to get AstraZeneca like I literally had okay so here's what happened It's fucking tragic. So I think I have found someone that can be the vaccine now, which I'm excited about. I'll keep you updated next week if I got it or not. So I'm not going to say that I will because who the fuck knows what's going to happen. But last week I decided I'm just going to get AstraZeneca because obviously I could wait for Pfizer. I was talking to my friend who's a doctor and he was like, look, just, just get it. Like 
just just get AZ, like you'll be fine. Like it's the chances of you getting really ill are so small. And also, because I was thinking about that, then I was also thinking about the fact that it's a 12-week wait in between shots. Again, if the information's changed, I think some people said it's eight, so it's 12. It's like a couple of months. We will include in the show notes of this episode any updated and relevant information with these. I feel like this is information that we've got to get the right ones up there. So yeah. we'll include links in the show notes. Check yeah. in the show notes. It might be different in your state. We'll pop all the links in there for you to have a look. Yeah. At present, I think it's 12 weeks in between first and last. So I was thinking like, oh, I may as well just wait till Pfizer because Pfizer is meant to come at the moment in October, I think. So that would be 12 weeks. I'd probably just it'd be like 14 weeks, you know, I may as well wait for Pfizer because then it's only a two or three week gap. You know, there's always like different timing and I was like but then he was like look you'll be fully vaxxed by the time Pfizer gets to Australia anyway and it's but I just want to be vaxxed I want to know that I'm living in Bondi I want to know that I won't get it like it isn't it is about like obviously getting as many vaxxes done as we can and public safety but also for me living in a hot spot is like oh no like I don't want to get it I feel like if I was living in Brisbane it's more of a oh just for the greater good but living here it's genuinely fucking terrifying like 100 cases a day isn't a vibe some would say some would say. So I was like, I'm just going to get AstraZeneca. I'm just going to commit. Told all my friends in every group chat to try and encourage them. Everyone's like, fuck yeah, we're going to get it as well. A few of my friends have had it. They're like, you just get sick for 12 hours and you're fucking fine. Mum had it. Mum's 60, so obviously. But mum had it. She was like, darling, I felt better the next day. I was like, mum, that's because you're 60. Like, you're not going to have. And she was like, no, darling, I felt great. She's like, tell everyone. I felt. It was like I had a vitamin C shot. She's like, honestly, it was wonderful. Like, maybe you did have vitamin <laughs> She was like, darling, you have to get the vaccine. You ha-. I was like, mum, I'm going to get it. Calm the fuck. It's just a bit difficult right now. And then on like a group chat, on like a FaceTime with my sister, my mum was like, well, I just walked in and got it. And I was like, because you're 60. You have no, I'm like, mum, I can't get it. I, I, I've been trying. She's like, darling, you have to. And I'm like, I know that I've been trying. I've been trying for weeks. Yeah. So I committed last week. I'm going to go and get it done. Texted all my friends, informed everyone to show off a little bit that I was going to be the vanguard. I was going to be the one. And I called uh, my friend and he was like, who's had it? And he was like, just call telehealth, like like a telehealth appointment, do a FaceTime. They can give you the little thing, the, a letter or something. Again, I don't understand. When I Google this, there's no information on how I'm able to get it. It's like word of mouth. Even that link that was going around, there was that link that everyone was saying was for in general, but actually was for healthcare workers, immediate families. And then people have gotten, I know people that have gotten it, and they thought they were doing the right thing. Because even on that page, it wasn't like, this is for healthcare workers, families only. It was just a link. And my friends got it thinking that they were doing the right thing by getting leftover vaccines. Because that was what the rumour was, that it was leftover vaccines and it was just like a... what The whole thing is fucked. I actually I actually am really pissed off at someone who I, who I saw at the hairdresser a couple of weeks ago, like before this outbreak, obviously. This is like mid-June. There was a woman next to me at the hairdresser and she's like, yeah, so weird. I was just at the GP getting like my pill script or something and they offered me Pfizer. And I was like, oh my God, did you get it? Like I was like, nipples were hard. I was so excited for her. I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, someone near me has <laughs> had Pfizer. Like, and she was like, mm, I just wanted to wait a while before I got it. So I said, no. It was first foil in. So I had to compose myself. I couldn't be there for five hours yelling at this woman. You know, like I didn't have enough energy to be like, how fucking, how fucking stupid are you? What the fuck? And she's like, I just want to, I'm like, I'm not sure if I want to get it yet. So I just waited. It was obviously double bay. My hairdresser. I'm like, love them. But I was like, what the fuck? But like, I honestly, 
before the outbreak was like, do I just go lurk around GPs and wait for like, like, and be like, just like get a pill script every week just to try, like be like STI check, pill script. I don't know. Maybe I can try, do I need vitamin C? My knee's sore. Like just wait and be like, be like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. I have so many ailments. And they will be like, do you have Munchausen? No, I want the fucking Pfizer. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping if I lurk around here for long enough, one of you will be like, hey, I've got a spare dose. And I'll be like, fucking get me. So people are getting random doses. One of my other friends who is immunocompromised, there's not even a – you'd think that'd be a system that is like if you are immunocompromised, if you're on this list of eligible people, you can go on a wait list and you are in a certain LGA and you are called on a wait list. And if you answer the phone, tough luck. It's like a radio hockey, but it's like, good morning. (laughs) If you answer the phone with good morning, Australia, you get the Pfizer vaccine. Like answer the phone with fuck you, Scott Morrison, and you get – Pfizer. Like, that's what it's fucking like. That's what it should be, right? But he was like, I have to call, but there are 12 numbers they've given me or something, and he has to call every single one every day asking for Pfizer. Now, he has a full-time, hectic full-time job. And he's like, well, I can't. Like, I, I don't have time. I have an hour every morning in opening hours from 9 to 10 to call every single ho- doctor's office in my area asking for a fucking vaccine. Why isn't there an online system that you are on a wait list? And this is the government's fault, not any doctor's fault. This is the fucking government's fault. Anyway, so I've, I've gone, I'm going to be proactive in this. Keep in mind, I have a job that I choose the hours. I have time, if I need time, to go and do this shit and organise it for myself. If I had, if I was an essential worker, I'd be fucked. And even still, I, can't, I haven't got the vaccine yet. So I called telehealth, organized an appointment, had my little webcam thing. And I was like, hey, I want the vaccine uh, and also some Valium. <laughs> I have a script, by the way. I didn't ask for it. I was like, I was like, well, I'm here. Might as well get uh, my Valium. Uh. And first of all, she was like confused about this letter. And I don't know if this letter is a rumor it's on the back of a cereal box. Like, I'm not really sure, like, how we get this. Like, and she was like, I can't give you a letter that's saying because I'm not your regular GP. You know, she could have, and I was like, cool, I don't have a regular GP. So and she's like, well, sorry. And I was like, but I really, I'm, I was like, listen, I was almost crying. I was like, I'm begging you. I want this vaccine, please. Like, and also I'm like the most pro-vaccine. Imagine if you were slightly anti-vax. You go, all right, too hard, bye. Like, so I was like, okay, I, I really need this. Get the Valium script in the meantime. But I really, really want this. And she was like, we're going to have to go to regular GP. And I was like, I don't have a regular GP in Sydney. And I don't have a regular GP. I'm not nine years old. Like, I, I don't know. This is another thing that I was talking to other people about is who the fuck has a regular GP? Me. Oh. <laughs> now, for what reason? Because I, whenever I go to the GP, it's always a last minute thing for me. It's like, a, oh fuck, I, even in Brisbane, I live in the same area. I would just rock up and be like, hey, are you both billing and are you available? Because I, when I had nine to five, you had to go on a Saturday morning. Who the fuck is bulk billing on a Saturday morning? I don't know. I guess I go on my health engine app. Not sponsored, but if you want a health engine, I love you. So you have a regular GP? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm just going to pause. <laughs> She spilled tea down her titties. Mm, yeah, you're like. Mm-hmm. I remember it was an audio. Yeah, I made medium. you break. I'm sorry. <laughs> Every time I was a professional, Elise Cooper is a mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. Okay, no, no, um, okay, so sorry. Do that yes. again. 
So I have a regular GP because, well, when I moved to Sydney from the country, I got one because I had a regular GP growing up and I just thought it was a thing that you did. Yeah, it's a very country thing. I find it's a, it's a very, like, well, you're the most famous person in Bathurst. I know. So you, you have to have I, a regular GP. I know. I, you trust. Exactly. I can't just be going seeing anyone willy-nilly. <laughs> you need your regular. I have secrets that must be kept in a manila folder marked confidential. Confidential, most famous bitch in Bathurst. Hmm. <laughs> And then after I got my mental health diagnosis, in order to see my psychiatrist and psychologist covered by the mental health care plan, I needed to get a referral from a GP for those sessions. And it just made it a lot easier to keep going back to the same persons to get them. So I wouldn't have to explain over and over again. Because if my GP is away and I need to get someone else within the clinic, because it's a family clinic where they all work out of, they at least have access to my file. I don't have to do the whole yeah. very depressing survey again. That's like, how, just how miserable are you? I and just like, do the survey over and over again. Yeah, you don't have to do that every time oh. if you have a regular GP. How we don't feel? Because <laughs> no one that I know has a regular GP except for you. And I was like, who the fuck? The closest thing I have is this woman, the woman who cut my hymen out. <laughs> Love her, but I think she retired because she was like 80 when she cut my hymen out. She was like perhaps mirroring it up for the past 60 years, you know. So the other GP that I I tried to get a regular GP in Brisbane before I left, but that was more for my antidepressants and for a pap smear that I had to have when I, on my 25th birthday. But like she doesn't have my bloods or like my blood clotting history or like anything like that. And I'm not sure that a GP in Queensland would, A, even have a telehealth. I'd have to do, I can't just pop that to Queensland. So have a telehealth booking where they could give me the thing, the thing that I need. I don't even know what it is, the thing, um, the cereal box. And, B, I don't, I'm not sure if they're even allowed to. I do need to call around. But I found someone in the meantime anyway. Anyway, and this GP was really like, have you ever been to a doctor before? And I was like, yes, I've been to a doctor before, but I don't have a regular doctor. I've just moved here six months ago. The only person I've been to down here is my little man on the end of my street. So then I was like, okay. <laughs> He's a doctor. Okay. <laughs> we need a clarification <laughs> on that. I was like, again, before we were talking about dudes like opening up jackets with AstraZeneca in the in the lapel. No, he's so lovely. He actually is a lovely, lovely GP. He gave me samples of my Valdoxin because it's expensive. So he oh. gave me an extra sheet for, he's like, I'll give you some. Like, his son, <laughs> which they're allowed to do. Anyway, then I was like, okay, I'll call him because he, she's like, well, okay, he's your most regular GP in theory. So go to him. I call up. I'm like, hey, I need the letter to get the vaccine. What letter? I'm not sure. Um, I've just been told that I need to get a letter. <laughs> I'm not, again, I'm not really what, sure what the fuck is going on, but I, I'm asking you. And the information has been so poor that even doctor's offices, which isn't their fault, they don't know what the regulations are. Anyway, I made an appointment on Friday at 11.30 in the morning. I get a call the next day. Hey, we're going to do only online and phone call bookings from now on because of the breakout in Bondi. Cool. So I can't come in. No. So how the fuck am I supposed to get the letter? Then I was like, okay, don't worry about it. That's fine. Whatevs. I'm going to do some more searching. Keep in mind, I am dying for the vaccine. If I wasn't dying for it, or if I was busy, like, it's lockdown. Like, I'm not traveling, which I usually do, obviously, at all. But, like, I have a job that is very flexible. If I was working at Woolies or if I was had a nine-to-five or was a nurse, well, I guess nurses are getting it. But in theory, how the fuck am I supposed to get this shit? What the fuck? I might try my hardest. Anyway, then I ended up finding a doctor that does it. So I'm going to try and get on the down low and get it. But I'll let, I'll let everyone know next week if I got it. But like, also, please remember this when we vote. Like, this is genuinely fucked up. The fact that we have like, last time I checked, it was a 7.9% vaccination rate. Yeah, wow. Guys, when have we, in the past 
five years. When have we been behind America? Yeah, well, I think we're at the bottom. We're, we're at the bottom of the list of OECD, OECD countries. Yeah. It's fucked. Fuck it. It's fucking embarrassing. Also, ScoMo, it is a race, babe, because the variants are changing. That's right. Remember that fuck? video? He was like, well, it's not a race. It's like, it literally is. It's literally the most important race of our lifetime, Dulls. The amazing bloody the, race. It, it's the most amazing race. It's an amazing race. Amazingly awful, thanks to you, ScoMo. I fucking hate that cunt. So, probably, sh- nah, I can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally your show. You can say whatever you want. I'm fucking over. I'm done with this bullshit. Okay. So I have, obviously, I live in Bondi, a.k.a. South Byron Bay, um, which I didn't realise when I moved down how, I mean, I have a lot of beautiful friends in Bondi. A lot of anti-vaxxers in Bondi as well. Uh, One of my friends uh, who is also an influenza, she is from Perth and she and I are like, are we the only two people in Bondi that aren't anti-vax? Like, what the fuck is going on? So a lot of people in Bondi are either... And they aren't, like, hard anti-vax, which is more concerning to me because they're able to convince others. If you don't want the vaccine, shut the fuck up. Genuinely, stop fucking talking out loud. Like, if you don't want the vaccine, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear your reasoning. I don't care. I'm getting the vaccine. And you need to stop telling people you don't want the vaccine because, actually, who the fuck are you, random reality TV contestant, including me, but I'm supporting scientific claims. Who the fuck are you to say, yeah, I just don't trust it? I know you do ketamine. <laughs> don't trust it. I don't trust the vaccine. Do your research. Do you, There's something weird going on with this vaccine. There's something weird in your MDMA you take every fucking weekend. So many people, in particular some influencers, are posting shit like this. And I'm like, who the fuck are you to say anything about vaccines? And all you have is... I have a weird feeling about this. You know why you have a weird feeling, babe? Because we're in a pandemic. We're in a global crisis and have been for two years now in, as they call them, unprecedented times. Of course you feel weird. We all feel weird and shit. That doesn't mean we're not going to take the, the one solution and they simultaneously complain about lockdowns. So they complain about lockdowns and say, this is fucked. And they say, the vaccine's also fucked. The only way we're going to get out of lockdowns is by having the vaccine. If you don't have the vaccine, then we have to have more lockdowns. Which ones do you want? Lockdowns or vaccine? Take the fucking jab. Do you have polio? Do you have measles? Basically, anti-vaxxers are ruining the earth, along with Scott Morrison. Bestie vibes only. But there are people in Bondi who was doing this soft core anti-vax bullshit, and it's making me angry. They are saying, I'm not going to get the vaccine because I'm weird about it, but I will get it if it's the only way that I can travel. You privileged fuck. You privileged motherfucker. Oh, but if I get the if I get COVID, like, I wouldn't even be sick. Okay, you could be because Delta's actually putting teenagers in ICU, first of all. But let's say in theory you're right. Let's say in theory you don't get sick. You can get other people sick who are elderly, immunocompromised, or just like that poor teenager that was in the ICU who just happened to, for some reason, not be able to handle COVID. And then to say the only reason why you would do it is if you lose out on something. You selfish, privileged motherfucker. Well, if I can not, if I can not go to LA, then of course I'm going to get the vaccine. What the fuck are you doing? Okay, in next week, if you have the vaccine, you can travel. It's if we all have the vaccine, then we're allowed to. It's like the naughty kid in class. You're being the naughty kid in class. And I was always the good kid. And you're fucking ruining my time. 
It's and a definition of privilege, really. Exactly. Because people who have never had the opportunity to travel because of whatever circumstance, mainly financial, they're not even thinking about this. They're thinking, I want to be able to go back to my job and not be scared that I'm going to get ill because the frontline workers are the people who are on the lower end of the socioeconomical scale. Unfortunately, because of the way our fucked capitalist society works, people who are working at Woolworths are the ones who are probably getting sick and anxious every day at work going to get sick because you can't go to LA. Like, they're not even thinking, like, oh, I can't wait to go to Yacht Week. You fuckwits. Facts chat. Facts chat. Facts chat. The vibrator is restocked. Woohoo! <laughs> the amount of people who have been asking me when it's going to be restocked. And I'm like, babe, mm. I don't have any information. Today, baby, 10 a.m. today on the 20th of July, the day it's released. Just letting you guys know, just a heads up, we'll put a link in the show notes, um, how to get it because it is a fucking great vibrator. I'm going to read out on my Instagram a few of the reviews that we've found, like in my DMs and Bush's DMs on the website and stuff. Some of them are so funny. Some of them are so fucking funny. Yeah, I'll read them on my stories and you guys can you guys can have a have a look and get a vibrator because we have lots this time. So they may sell out, but it's more of a long game this time, everyone. So you can wait at least one pay cycle. Because last time it was ten days and they were gone. But now Shit. it's gonna be, I reckon, with the amount that we have, if I do quick maths, we'll be there for a while. So that's exciting. Um lockdown else? activity. That's a great lockdown activity. Absolutely. All right, time for Nightmare Fuel. Oh, my God. That's horrible. I can't believe you did that. What the fuck? Would you mind just not going out with him again? Hey, Abby. So uh, this story is probably one of the highlights of my last relationship, which was obviously very toxic. So pretty much what happened was he was telling me how much he really wanted to get a record player. So of course, being my love language, um, being gift giving, I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm going to buy him a record player out of the blue, just out of my pure love for him. So I went out, got a record player, $150 later, gave him it out of the absolute blue, love, love, love. The next day, we are just out for lunch and we decide to go to the bakery for lunch. And I'm thinking to myself, in the car, like surely he'll pay for my, like surely he'll suggest to purchase my lunch because, you know, I've just surprised him with this $150 record player for absolutely no reason. Anyway, so we pull up to the bakery and I just turned to him and I said like, oh, I'm thinking about getting like a pie. Like, would you be able to buy it for me? And he turns to me and he says, do you have any consideration for my financial situation right now? Red flag number one. I mean, I have a record player, but I think we've learned throughout history that men who have record players and men who gaslight, the Venn diagram, circle. <laughs> also, circle. The Venn diagram is a fucking circle. If you have a record player and you're a man, you gaslight. I'm sorry. Same with musicians. I'm fucking sick of this. The, what the fuck? Also, yeah, I have consideration for your fucking financial situation. I want a pie. And I think it's fair enough. See, I bought you a whole ass record player to play your silly little vinyls so you can sit there and smoke weed and be like, baby, can you put it on the B side? Fuck off. Fuck off. I actually, 
Oh my god! I am never. You know, I slept with a guy once who his bed was held up by milk crates full of records. That was this man's bed frame. Yeah. So red flag number one: if I ever walk into a man's house and he has a record player, <laughs> even though I have two, but I'm like, no, but I can do it because I'm doing it in a in a, a postmodern anti-capitalist way that I'm not streaming off Spotify and I'm not giving in to the man. I'm doing it in a way that I'm buying vintage records like Fleetwood. Fuck you. No, actually not. But still, like, I don't gaslight, so it's fine. These bitches, men that bleh, men that put on records and, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've just had, like, a visceral reaction. When you go to a guy's house and they put on a record and they're, like, making and have, like, a glass of red and they, like, dance with you in the living room to the record, I'm out. I'm out. So, babe, unfortunately... Not to victim blame, but you should have known at the record player. <laughs> so I'm just looking at him. I'm staring in silence like, is this a joke? And I was like, what? And he was like, you can buy your own pie. And so then he gets out the car, slams the door. And I was just shook at this point. Couldn't believe it. So we walked into the bakery and I'm obviously sopping around. Grab my Powerade and I go up to the counter to purchase. And he looks at me and he goes, just put it on the counter. I'll buy it obviously not wanting to at all. Okay, so he's told you no to make you feel like shit for asking him. Also, this is a thing that men do a lot in hetero relationships where they will act as though you you wanting an equal contribution and like doing something nice, like paying, paying for my pie. It's what, $4.70, maybe $5 at a bougie place if you get the mashed potato on top or the peas. What the fuck? Um, acting like you, they use that thing that men's rights activists, in their head, they're like, she's using me for my money. It's a fucking pie. It's a fucking pie. Be nice. She just bought your record player. Surely you'll buy them little treats. Come on. Even ex-boyfriend that I love would always pay for my shit. Love him. I will say, and I'm not defending him, and you'll find out why I'm not defending him in a moment, because I have listened to this already. Mm-hmm. But initially my thought was, well, babe, you bought him something and then expected something in return. If you're gift giving, like, basically, I'm always expecting things from people and I never communicate it. But I'm like, if you gave the gift and now you're like, well, for the next couple of days, you've got to be lovely to me Mm. afterwards. However, I do retract that sentiment for the reasons you will discover in a moment. Okay. Okay. So I I, actually, I do see what you're saying. Yeah, I do see what you're saying. Um... But yeah, I do see what you're saying. Yeah, expecting that for the next couple of days is like, well, I if giving is your love language, then you are doing it out of love, not out of wanting something in return. But I also understand the whole thing of like you do things out of love, but then feeling like it's almost embarrassing, and you feel like shit for being nice to people because they don't give you anything back. Like my like I've had people that day where I've tried all five love languages on them, and don't give me anything, and it's like, well, and like. They're like, oh, I love you. It's like, well, don't I don't see it anywhere. And now I feel like shit. And I'd love, I kind of expect you to like, if I've went and bought you a care package, I kind of expect you to like mm, hug me. Like, fuck. Anyway. And under his breath, he goes, oh, you cunt. I'm the cunt. <laughs> oh my fucking God. You cunt. You're a cunt, mate. Are you fucking serious? Look, Elise, I agree with you. Maybe initially it's like, yeah, 
bit like tip for tap vibes, whatever. I still think that him buying a pie is pretty fucking reasonable. I mean, it's like when I go to the servo, whenever I used to go with my expression that I love, I'd be like, can you give me a Kit Kat? And he'd be like, yeah, I'll get you a fucking Kit Kat. Like, and then he'd learn to get me a Kit Kat every time. Not sponsored. Wish it was. Nestle, where you at? The anger. The anger of you cunt. Anyway, we get back to the car and he's in a mood because he's had to spend $7.50 on me and then we spend the whole car ride home arguing because I was like, that's absolute bullshit and then he was angry. So, yeah, (laughs) hopefully you like that one. And now I have crippling anxiety about who pays for what when it comes to paying and I literally refuse to go on a date now because I literally have anxiety about who pays and I would just rather pay now because now I'm going to get scared of being called a cunt or something. $7.50. $7.50. Seriously. In regards to paying, this is actually something that I want to talk about a little while ago, but I ended up losing the TikTok that I referenced. But here we go. We brought it up. I always just pay for the first date sneakily because of people like this, of men like this being like, A, because I'm like, I don't mind paying for the first date. And I'm like, well, if I've, if I, particularly if I've organized the place, if I've been like, oh, let's go to Cub On, miss you. I don't know how much it's going to be, so I will pay, right? So, like, yeah, I think it actually is best practice to always try to pay on the first date. Also because there are so many fucking dickhead, particularly men in the world, that feel victimised by the fact that they have to pay for everything. Mm, you earn more. Fuck off. But then again, most of them that I date are like, no, I'll pay. And genuinely, they'll like, I've had multiple men say to me, I earn more on the dollar than you do. Uh, and not, not in like a mean way in like a, like I could earn more annually but they're like no like this is pretty fucked so I'm just this is, this is like how I justify it like in my head I'll pay for all the shit and I'm like that's fine I'll get you Kit Kat vibes but I mean it wasn't a bougie dinner it wasn't like you were like I want you to pay for us to go to a really nice restaurant and pay for my like my surf and turf <laughs> you've asked me for a fucking pie which I think is reasonable and normal. And I think it's more about, obviously, it all comes down to an insecurity about him not having enough money to pay for it and then getting angry at you and taking it out on you and not being able to express his emotions properly, which is a him fucking problem. It isn't actually about the pie. It's about him being like, well, I can't afford that pie and I'm mad at you because now you've bought me this record player and I feel emasculated because you spent all this money on me and you can afford that, but I can't afford the pie. Don't you think? Yeah, no, now that you've said that, I'm like, oh, the the record player could have even been received. Negatively. Negatively, because he's like, you're rubbing it in my face. That I can't afford this. Because I've been in both situations and felt both ways. Me too. But I've never called someone a cunt because I wasn't able to communicate my insecurity about my financial situation situation with the person that I loved. Yes, see. (laughs) Sorry, I got so angry that I like, I was bit by a a person. person. I've never lisped in my life. With the person that With the person that I love. And I like to keep. But I actually have had this situation where I've been in his position before. When I was 19, I was dating my, I was dating someone, not going to say who it is. Surprisingly, not the boyfriend that I was talking about, a different one. My first real boyfriend boyfriend and he bought me a thousand dollar necklace for my birthday and I was working in hospo and my rent was like 170 a week or something so like that's like a month and a half of rent and I was so irritated because I was like actually also was because I was like you don't understand like what is valuable to me you're not understanding that like a thousand dollar necklace right now isn't going to help me what I would love is if you were like oh I got you a Coles voucher for two hundred dollars and here's your groceries for the month paid for like that's kind of more important or let's go and do something together but it also I guess in hindsight it was because I was like you I don't uh, this 
is making me feel shit having this $1,000 necklace that you've bought for me that I don't really want and also I'm aware that I could never afford this without you and it makes me feel uncomfortable. So I get that he would have felt that, but I communicated that to my boyfriend at the time when I was 19 and I was like, hey, this makes me feel shit, blah, 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 blah. Then we had a little fight because he was like, well, I was doing because I love you. And I was like, oh, I don't really want it. It was ugly anyway. So I think that's a huge thing as well. It was really ugly. So she bought him a fucking record player being nice. But I think that's a huge thing as well. Like men get weird when I buy them shit. I think everyone gets weird about money. And I think mm. we, everyone needs to talk more about it. And I'm making a mental note to get someone on the show to talk about money. Because yeah. it's just like the way we talk about it, there's so much shame and like so much embarrassment. Shame. And if you cut, if, you know, it, but I think as well, it is, it's obviously very gendered in men not liking women earn more money than them. Mm. Like, I earn more money than most men that I date. Ugh. And um, they visibly dislike it. They really don't like it. If I, I'll say that I want to buy something. Like, say, for example, like I wanted to buy a new car recently. I haven't bought a new car, but I wanted to. And I was saying to a few of my male friends and, like, men that I was, like, sleeping with, I was like, yeah, like, I want to buy a new car. Like, vibes i knew which one i wanted i wasn't asking for their fucking opinions i was just telling them that i was excited about buying this new car and a few of them said in one way or another oh you can't afford that or like can you really afford that like do you really have you thought about this financially you shouldn't buy you should never buy a new car like being the dad and it's like yeah i know but i don't buy first of all shut the fuck up i'm not doing it as an investment because i want i want the car and i want to treat myself for working fucking hard and also because my car is my a three <laughs> she's beat up like i've had it for like only like three years but every corner scraped and uh they will say sh- things that imply that i can't afford it without knowing how much i earn right then because i'm an immature fuck sometimes i will retaliate and i will say well i earned x amount this week i love it so much yeah and i because i'm like shut the fuck up i can't afford the car you don't know what I earn. And then they will bring and they will say things to me like, you always talk about how much money you earn. And it's like, no, I don't. You try to tell me that I can't afford things and then I tell you how much I do earn because I don't really have that shame of like I've never ever, even when I was like 17 working in a cafe, I never was like, oh, don't talk about how much you earn. It's like even in like my nine to five when I was asking for a raise, I just went around and asked everyone what they earned. Because mm. like it doesn't it shouldn't be shameful. Yeah, It's also important to know what people earn if you have the same role as them to know how um, I was getting 30 grand less than the men. And I found that out because my, they were my friends and they didn't have any shame about what they were earning. And they told me I chats about it over coffee. And I was like, okay, wow. cool. I know what you're earning. Thank God. Thank God for them. Because mm. they were like, you should be earning what we're earning. Fucking done. But men get really weird. And I don't tell them what I earn until they push me and say, you can't afford that. Or do you really, like, I'll buy, you know, I'll like, train myself to like, Fucking like I don't know I'll just I'll or I'll like shout dinner for my friends yeah and they'll be like you shouldn't be shouting dinner all the time it's like that makes me so happy shouting dinner for my, for my friends hmm. leave me alone I'm allowed to I I earn enough to pay for that and even if I didn't who the fuck are you we're not married and then I bite back and say well I earned this much this week and they'll be like oh you just love bragging about money it's like I I'm not bragging you're put you pushed me. Multiple men. This has happened with like multiple men, like probably like three or four dudes that have been really weird about what I earn. Cis hetero dudes. Oh like yeah, guys? of course. Mm, right. Yeah. And they all probably work in like banking or HR. And they tell me that I need to get a financial advisor, and like like in front of their friends, like Abby needs a financial advisor. No, I don't. Why well, I, I do, but like 
But I don't need you. But that's I also need n- you. You don't need to help. I, I, I need a financial advisor, but I have an accountant. But also that's amazing. a shaming thing. It's I'm exposing Abby's weakness silly. of Abby's. Yeah, exactly. I'm diminishing Abby's achievements in front of people yeah. because I don't feel confident mm. in how I relate to her. Mm. Like oh, Abby, oh. Abby earns more money than I do but doesn't know how to handle it. So it's yeah. like, well, I do I actually have a degree in property economics. You all forgetting that or no? Are we all forgetting <laughs> that I was working in property before? And people are like, you need to buy a house. So I'm like, I actually don't need to buy a house. I need, anyway, this is a different conversation. But I understand the thing of like men get very weird when you earn more than them. And the woman who sent in this nightmare feel, I just want to say, good on you for getting out of that relationship. That sounds like a very awful, shitty situation. And I'm sorry that you've experienced anxiety. But also, reclaim that money story, bitch. Just be like, yep. Yeah, I can afford this. I, I want to I I pay hard. for it. This is something that I enjoy. I, I am allowed to enjoy things. And I'm allowed to enjoy giving you something as well. Like, why the fuck are you so insecure? I've had an ex-boyfriend call me a cunt before. So I wouldn't have sex with him. <gasps> I know. Should I tell that story now, actually? Yes. So I was dating... This is the same guy, the necklace guy. Uh, I actually told this story recently to someone new and I didn't realise how fucked it was until I retold it. So we were together for like only like a, a few months. He was... He was uh, an, an alcoholic for sure and a compulsive liar. Like, com- Like, would lie about... Um, whether or not he owned his apartment, lied about having a very serious illness, lied about uh, what his family did. I could go into detail, but it's not really. I'm scared he's going to get me for defamation because he is that he is that type of person to do that. So he and I were together. I had decided one day that I was going to break up with him because he had said something dicky and I was just like over the relationship and he was like 10 years older than I was and I was like 20 and I was like, this is fucking just weird and shit and I don't like this and you're always drunk and like, I have a nine to five and it's a Tuesday night and you have a bottle of whiskey. Like, fuck off. So I was falling asleep one day. And his friend had passed away. But I use the term friend loosely because I never heard of this person in my life. And I think this person may have been mm, a bit self-centered borderline narcissist where everything was about how he's tragic life. I never heard of this person before. I, what the fuck? Um, and he was very sad about this death. Whatever. I mean, and this might, this might sound callous for me, but if you knew the rest of the relationship and how much this cunt lied about, like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, he, that's the, he didn't know this person at all. Like, didn't, he didn't go to the funeral. So, I mean, is it your best friend? It's not. Never heard of this before in my life. So, he was all upset about that. Whatever. You can be upset about someone dying. Yeah, he drank a bottle of whiskey. We're going to sleep. And I was like, I don't want to... Uh, he, like, tried to have sex with me. And I was like, nah, because I already in my head knew we were going to break up the next morning. So he like touched me and I was like, no, insert name here. And then he said, all right, then you cunt. I then started recording the fight because I felt that he was going to get violent. So I was, because he was so drunk and I was like, and like, again, he never did. He didn't get like, it wasn't that he ever had before, but I was like, I was just very sus. And I was like. This is like your. I've never. You never called me a cunt before. Like you've never been like aggressive towards me. So like, I'm just gonna record this in case something does happen. Anyway, huge fight. He was like one of the best quote of the entire fight. So he's like standing up at the end of the bed, like being like, "You fucking. I need actual sexual healing. Yeah, pathetic. And I'm. It's like 30 year old man. I'm 20 and I'm or 22 or something. Wait, from his grief, he needed sexual sexual healing. healing. So he, I, I owed him sex. Ah! 
because he was sad because he was he was grieving right because it because he was and you know he was very upset so I owed him a big cum because he was having a sad about his friend passing away that I'd never heard of before in my life and again this might sound callous but I I'm telling you, if all my friends, if you knew the other things this man had done, you'd be like, it probably wasn't his friend. Um, and uh, yeah, so he, I have like a twenty, uh, fifteen minute recording of him, like losing his shit, being like, Abby, you don't understand. I need, I need sex. You, you need to give me sexual healing. You need, you, you, you need to do this to me so that I can feel good and I can. Honestly, I have the recording and my friends and I, not going to lie, sometimes listen to it to laugh at. It's <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny. Anyway, so that's how I got called to come and then we broke up the next day and I was back again. And his friend called me the next day and was like, you know, so-and-so did nothing, like, and, like, helped him gaslight me. I, like, I, th- I got third-party gaslit and I was being like, no, dude, I have a recording of what he did. Like, I'm not, like, this sucks. You all suck. So, yeah, I've been called a cunt as well. And once that happens, I think I put up with a lot, as we know, through all my other stories. But name calling, the second someone calls me anything close to a name or says, like, you're even something like, oh, like, you hire any money well. I'm like, Bleh. fuck off. Don't tell me what to do. You don't know me at all. Fuck off. Anyway, guys, thanks for the good episode. Uh, sorry to Elise Lim for the editing. Um, so, uh, long story short, vibrator is now available. Get a vaccine. <laughs> Get a vaccine, get a vibrator, and get a financial advisor. (laughs) That's it.